Welcome to the Alien Probe Podcast. It is Saturday, August 26, 2023. I'm Doug. Joining me today is MUFON Matt here and Angela Stats. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. You're an experiencer. And you're going to tell us, um, you're not going to be able to tell us all because you've got a huge story. You're not going to fit it all in an hour. But, to, you know, I'd really like to hear, um, you know, about your experiences and, you know, share some of these with uh, with the audience. I'd be happy to. Um, you know, every time I do tell my story, and I've only been sort of out there talking about it for the last couple of years since I decided it was time to do some research and maybe put some vocabulary to my experiences because I have been having experiences since I was a toddler. And, you know, as I was growing, I didn't want to influence what I was seeing by, you know, reading things or watching movies or putting things in my head that weren't already there. So, you know, I didn't do the reading and the research and that sort of thing through the whole process. It was just a matter of having the event and coping with the aftermath and then deciding where I needed to put that to move on. So that's sort of, you know, the chain reaction and then decades go by and, and then you find out that all of those things connect and the things that are happening now, I don't think I could handle if all those other things hadn't occurred already. Right. So there's definitely a, a reason it's a lifetime endeavor. Yeah. yeah, that's an adventure. Matt had a question. I'm going to voice your question before you get to yeah. it. I'm going to jump right over you. How come you didn't write? Have you written a book about no. all this? You I need mean, to write a book. I Everybody agree. says that, but you can watch the YouTube. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we can listen to it on audio. We do audio book, you know. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not selling anything. I'm not teaching anything. I'm, you know, I, as far as when I help people, it's very spontaneous and um, organic that I arrive in a situation and I, I use the modality that's appropriate and things happen, but I've never practiced or studied or, you know, like I said, bundled into a package I could give to someone. It just it's just part of who I am. So. I think your whole experience can be a bundled package, as in, you know, this is what's happened to me and this is the road I'm on now. Yeah, it's it's I'm just surprised. Do you, you do you work do you I mean do you work? Do you I mean you have a career? I, I have a normal nine to five job, Monday through Friday, three kids, laundry, you name it. <laughs> right, right. So you gotta have time to write a book. <laughs> Battling in the astral to save the planet. Yeah, right, right. See a superhero. That's right. We nice, you know. right. break a nail, but that's you know. awesome. Right. Okay. You're just a regular <laughs> person, except for I all really of this. Am. And that's why people always say, why is this happening to me? I didn't ask for it. I didn't yeah. look for it. I didn't pursue it. It came after me hard. Yeah. And um, I just, like I said, just shooting the first alligator closest to the boat. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, just have to keep rolling because you, you you can't get caught up on, on the situation, but you certainly can learn a whole lot about, you know, our lives here from, uh, I guess, navigating these things right. that do occur. And they started when I was, um, oh my goodness, my first memory was an entire day at my grandmother's house and I was 11 months old. So my oh, memory wow. is strong all the way back. And I remember as, again, as a toddler, seeing things that, you know, of course I had no idea nobody else saw them, right. but, um, you know, things like shadows moving up across the uh, bedroom door when it's open down, up and down the hall. So when I'd have to take a nap and I'd be in my room, I'd, I'd just be laying there and I'd see something go past the door and, and it would startle me. But then it's like, when you realize it's not what it's supposed to be there, it's not your mom, 
you know, you kind of do that, you know, blankets over the head thing where you yeah. just kind of be still uh -huh. and quiet and hope it doesn't come back. But then when it was my mom, it, it, I was so relieved I would start crying. And she's like, what is your problem? And I said, it's not, it's not always you. You know, when it's mom, you're, you're able to let go and be safe yeah. and, and cry out. And so she thought it was, you know, just what is, you know, ugh, just take a nap. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's going to help. That's what happened a lot when I was little, when I was actively see things um, while I was awake and I, I couldn't express what was happening. Or, you know, she couldn't understand why I was having this, you know, emotional reaction and it's you know kids cry but when it's at absolutely nothing they get very frustrated with you but um oh my goodness when i was about three same house um it was at southern california beautiful bright sunny day not a cloud in the sky and i was looking at the shit the shadow play on the ground through the trees um through the leaves and the sunshine and what i saw was that the sun had gotten a lot brighter all of a sudden and I was thinking normally the cloud comes over and it gets darker first and then it gets brighter when the sun, when the cloud goes away. So I look up and there are these two huge, enormous glowing hands, essentially. I couldn't see anything past the wrist, but these hands are reaching down from the sky at me and they're just massive. So I put my hands together and I reached up and they closed over my hands and just sort of, you know, did like that little hand squeeze hug thing on, right. across my hands. Wow. My whole hand wow. was barely you know, filling up the space of one fingertip. That's how big they were. Wow. So we just sort of had that moment and then they just fade into nothing. Um, and being three, the only thing I know that's white and yellow or gold and glowing is the angel we put on the Christmas tree. So right. I decided that's what that was. And, and you know, Intro. I thought, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hello, I'm here. Yeah, so mm -hmm. I was really introduced to something light, you know, at about the age of three that I recall uh, being wide awake. Um, and that sort of balanced out the dark things I was seeing. So that is a running theme through my whole life. When something really creepy happens within a day or a few hours or very, very soon after, I would have, it's just, just I mean, just a credible experience of the, the total opposite. And, and that has really kind of carried me through. It always made me feel like I wasn't alone and I was protected and, and that, um, I didn't need to be afraid of the afraid of these things. So unfortunately, they always show up after, not before or during. Right. So, except for one time um, when I was nine, I was at my grandmother's house, and my um, dad had gotten married and gone to Hawaii. So my brothers and I were all there. I was the only girl, and all the boys were older, so they had all taken off, and I was home alone most of the time. My grandparents worked, so they weren't there. But I was running around the house, just doing things to help my grandma, cleaning dishes and cleaning. And, you know, just doing stuff. But um, I saw something in that house several times throughout that entire day. And it was a solid black humanoid figure. Um, it's I first saw it outside and then I saw it in the house and it interacted with me and was able to affect the uh, physical environment. So for example, when I opened a closet door to get the vacuum cleaner parts out of there. There were a bunch of hangers from the dry cleaners and it was standing right inside the door and its shoulders were displacing all those hangers. So the hangers oh. had been pushed up behind its head. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I was just right there. I mean, face to face with it. Um, 
it was a just a couple of seconds and by the time it registered that the thing that was outside is now in the house and it's right in front of me it disappeared and all the hangers started swinging down so you didn't i would be screaming out <laughs> again by now i've been at this for a decade nearly so i'm gonna you know i've got this and it sounded like it happened pretty fast i, so I would have sounded like the little girl screaming <laughs> there's no way that freaked me out i will never forget the sound of those hangers swinging on yeah. the rock because just imagine the creepy sound that would make that's oh, it yeah. would be traumatizing the movie but uh, what, that what was did very it, tangible. What did it look like? I mean, could you get a little more detail on that? It was a little taller than me. Um, I'm, I'm 5'10", but back then I was maybe 5'4". I don't know. So it was, you know, between five and a half feet tall and a little tall. I don't think it was six feet tall. That's awfully tall for, I don't know. Just imagine how high a normal closet rack would be, I guess. Right, you know? right. So uh it was solid like completely solid you couldn't see through it it was fully formed in the space so the black space it occupied had a definite um outline there, there was these mm -hmm. funny little curls all the way around the entire body like an old-fashioned tufted teddy bear or something so oh, wow. the head every out the whole silhouette had these little curls sticking up all over and if it put its hand out you could see the arm but if it put its hand in front of its body, the arm would absorb and you'd only see it with the elbow. It was only right. just, you know, oh, the wow. depth and the darkness of it and then this, the outline. So Wow, like a shadow. Yeah. There were no physical details on the surface that you were looking at ever. And uh, like I said, it, it, I saw it move. I saw it move things around. You know, I, it was fully in the space and interactive. It was really scary. But I was saying before about the one time that uh, something did happen good in the middle of something bad was that day after seeing it a half a dozen times, I had to go up the street to get my brothers to come home for, for dinner. And it was getting dark and it had followed me all the way up the road. I could see it on the other side of bushes and the car <laughs> and things. And it was outside oh, no. with me, actively going up the road with me. And that, oh, that was, I was trying so hard not to be scared because that's what it wants. And I thought if I just, you know, I know God has me. I belong to God. I belong to Jesus. As a nine-year-old, this is what you're telling yourself, that it can't touch me, you know? So I just stayed in that space because that instant you have that doubt, that's when they've got you. And um, that's what they're waiting for is that, that moment of insecurity, that, that, question and it's there to answer you know as soon as you are in agreement then that's it you're done but when you I'm, when, excuse, oh, I'm sorry they, okay. when you say you're done i mean you're they dead or what, no what i mean they just they really get their hooks in you if when when they find that chink in the armor so to speak right you know, that's their way in and they can really anchor and mess up your 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 life you know like they're feeding off the negativity part whatever it is saying, and it's, yeah. you've allowed it fear through fear through the re the the doubt that you can handle it or you know the doubt that god has you or whatever it is on um, that that weakness and and that's that's really how they attach you want to say attachments there you go you right, know right. that's when they happen so as i was coming back down from the house to get the boys they stayed i came back on by myself i was worried about you know taking too long because I was always, you know, we're always, oh, parents, we're always getting in trouble for everything, you know? Did <laughs> <laughs> join the club. Yeah. I'm still in trouble. <laughs> our, our uncle 
twins were just a couple years older than us. So, you know, it was a whole pack of boys and me, and, and I didn't want any part of them getting in trouble. So <laughs> I headed back without them, and, uh, and it followed me back. The thing is, is that this particular road, it was in Rancho Palos Verdes, and anybody that knows the area it can be very, very steep and hilly. And this street was extremely steep, and you could barely walk down it without losing control and just going too fast. And I was also trying to hurry, not hurry, because of this thing. I was trying to get back in the house. Not that it couldn't go in there, too, but at least grown-ups were there now. But um, I got to where I was going too fast, and I was my I was just running, and my feet were hitting the ground so hard, and I was going to fall. I was going forward, and I'd lost control. And all I could think is, how bad is this going to hurt? And these huge hands wrap around my torso and just scoop me up into the air and then sat, stood me down on my feet at a couple <clears> stop. I mean, I was three feet up in the air. Oh, wow. And that's what I mean by the, the good thing happening in the middle of a bad thing. That I, one time. Yeah, caught you, yeah. Then I thought those must be those big hands. It must be yeah. that angel that um, physically picked me up off the ground and stood me still. Wow. And I, and I just, my, I was overwhelmed by the whole thing because I felt where the fingers were overlapped. In, in the front and I felt where the thumbs were overlapped across my back. That's how big these hands were. They were just enormous. And the, the best thing about it was I knew that black thing saw, I knew it saw it. I knew that it witnessed me be, being picked up by an angel. And I'm like, you still want this. Feed off that. I'm just a little girl. You know? right. yeah. I live in a very strange world, but that's, that was my reality growing up was things like this. And, and, you know, I told my parents, I tried to talk to them, you know, and I had all kinds of things going on. I went to the pastor at church and, and explained it all. And because things got pretty, pretty hairy after that, it followed us home. And that particular entity was with me for a full decade. I was probably 18 before it left. And, uh, yeah, it, it is a long time. And then on top of that, you've got all the other stuff going on. So that's when I was nine. A year before that, I was up in Oregon with my mom. And that's when I met the Little Grays. So when I first moved up there, we had one house. And um, I had it just, I don't know, there's so many details and there's not enough time. But yeah. I was really skating and I fell and I hit the ground really hard. And when I pushed up, I saw toes in sandals, like somebody, like I'm on the ground face down and standing right above my head is a person. And so when I said push up, I see their feet and there's toes in sandals and a hem. And as I look up, there's this full blown massive angel standing right in front of me, looking down at me with, you know, the hands down like this and the, the big sleeves, the rope around the waist, I could see the, the braiding and the tassel of, of each thread of the tassel at the end of the rope the weave and the material, I could see the texture of the rope on the sandals. I mean, everything was, was very highly detailed. The, the feathers were incredible in the wings. There was nothing that wasn't fully formed and completely present in the space, except it was made of pure white gold light, the whole being. So of oh, course, wow. goes right back to the hands and you know all the things. But, um, I didn't want to blink. I didn't want to talk. I didn't want to, you know, it's, you're always just thinking through your heart. You know, I, I was just saying, thank you for showing me this. Thank you for showing me you're real. You know, now, now instead of having faith, I know. And that's a huge, big thing when it's one thing to have faith because you choose to believe something. 
it's another thing to have experienced it and know something. Yeah. And that's so, uh, when you collect these truths in your life, you can't go against them. You can't turn your back on them because that, that causes, you know, it causes pain and, and uh, disruption. And faith is hope. I mean, you're, this is more than faith. This is it's, experience and oh, I know. Exactly. knowing. It, <laughs> it's got to help with the trauma, too, because, you know, there just seems to be a lot of trauma in this, and the faith is help healing that. I would. It's all you have. I mean, yeah, it's, you just exactly. have to know it's stronger than all these other things, and there's yep. a reason you're being tested like this. Um and Lord knows, you know, they, what does it say? Like, they, they won't give you more than you can handle or whatever. Right. You don't yeah. ever think you can handle it. <laughs> right. You know? So, but, um, but yeah, I just, again, you know, all through life, these, these particular instances and, and um, I guess illustrations of what's possible, they're all connected, whether it's, you know, the, for the light or fighting the dark or just maintaining a stable position where you could kind of be in the eye of a storm and not be affected by it so yeah. all this chaos can be going on around you but you don't have to participate in in a way that is destructive to yourself you can do a lot about that chaos without experiencing the chaos or or, or feeding into it or becoming a part of it or giving yourself away to it things like that i think that's been my biggest lesson yeah it's just learning how to maintain knowing myself well enough so that when anything in the environment changes, I know immediately and I'm yeah. able to respond to it. That's awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. So you the, had it more fit. I mean, you, there was one of the stories where in your closet, I think it was in your, well, in your room and there was something that was in there and it made all the. Yeah. That was the black and, entity. It was him. It it came into uh, the room. I, I had, okay, so going to church, I would feel amazing when I was on the grounds of the church. The moment the car rolled off into the street, I'd get a migraine, and I would just be completely debilitated for hours. So I'd go home, I sat on the end of my bed, and I'm just sitting there going, you know, what is this? And the bed starts vibrating, and then it's shaking, and it's banging against the wall, and I'm just frozen. And I'm looking up, and along the whole wall to the side of me at the top, near the ceiling are shelves and I look up and the, the black thing is there. It's, it's like three feet wide. It's a great big round ball. It's furry around the edges and it starts moving towards me across all the shelves. Now I'm frozen and I can't move. So once it gets past me, I can't see it anymore, but I know it's there. Everything on the shelf starts shaking and then just shooting straight across the ceiling, not just falling down, but all the way across, hitting the other, you know, the closet doors that were there and then falling down. So my, my it looked like a tornado went through there. Everything was just thrown everywhere. Wow. And when I was able to just finally snap out of it and jump up and run out, I was running through the house yelling, there's an earthquake, there's an earthquake. And as I'm going, nothing else is moving. And my stepmom was on the phone with my grandmother, whose house this thing came from in the first place. And I'm saying, there's an earthquake. She's like, shut up, I'm on the phone, you know? And I'm like, so finally she goes, oh my God, you're kidding. And I said, no, she's like, I'm on the phone. She goes, oh my God, there's an earthquake at your grandma's house. And then boom, oh, it's our house. Wow. You know, she never put it together that I yeah. told her of the fact before it happened. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, you know, when I took her to my room to show her, <clears throat> she was so upset because the earthquake didn't do it. The rest of the house was fine. 
she had given me some really nice things some dolls from around different countries and things and they were everywhere and she was really upset that i would do that that i would yeah my things like that and i was trying to tell her i didn't do it and uh, so she's like well you stay in here till you clean this up (laughs) (laughs) did you just see when she was talking two things flash behind her now you said it came from the other house are you thinking that that's where it originated from yes for sure um there's a lot about that house i can talk about but i just really haven't done it publicly yet it's an infamous location it's been in the news uh, family members were in, involved and affected oh and, wow. oh wow. yeah and ultimately um my uncle lived there his entire life and um the short story is he was into some very dark things that developed into even darker things and i think that's what happened that even if this was a thought form or something that was pulled in through his activities into that air to that house um it saw something shiny and decided to get the heck out of there and followed me home yeah. and stuck around with me because you know i believe <laughs> here's what i think because it got smaller and smaller over the years it took on forms that were were smaller um i think it was releasing this negativity all throughout right. the years that somehow it was learning and when it got rid of enough negativity that that it was able to to move on and the last time I saw it, I saw it with a witness. I've had friends that have seen it with me. It turns out my entire family saw this thing. No one talked about it. I found wow. out decades later that, oh, oh wow. yeah, and I'm like, really? Oh, wow. And you know, left me alone with it this whole time. That would have saved so, so much. That's but a... other people did see it. And my friend saw it when it was uh, like the size of a really big cat, but it was shaped like a rat. Oh, wow. And the last time I saw it, it was like a crow or a raven, and it flew away, and that was it. Yes, that's a typical story of a lot of experiencers is that with their family members don't talk about it until the very end. Way, way later. <laughs> and yeah. and it, yeah. then it's like, oh, well, you saw that too? You could have yeah. said, you know, we could have like enjoyed this experience together. <laughs> but no, he, had to keep, he didn't say anything. <laughs> so did you, you did hear what I said, right? When she was telling the story in the back, whatever's behind her flashed twice was it this crystal here no this it was on the crystal? right oh. it was on the other oh, it's oh it on, just did it, it again something's flashing so maybe on. it's a light okay it's okay oh okay maybe when i put my hands up or something it no it's, it's it's weird it's so it was doing that behind <laughs> when she was talking and i'm like whoa <laughs> were my hands down because it's I yeah. no it's well, that right there it goes is you have a motion something motion i know i have an aura that's just absolutely magnificent yeah i think that's what it is yeah. It must be the reflection of this. It's doing it way more now. It only did it twice when she was telling her for that last story. So yeah. that is, the, yeah. What? Don't be surprised if you see things. Right. That was right. yeah. It's flashing every once in a while. Yeah. I had just finished a, a an interview, and as soon as I shut everything down, something dark just went. Right. Yeah. Like, okay yeah. then. Never goes away. No, all, all the way, does it? it? The more yeah, they're very about curious it, about me. I think that a lot of things just arrive out of curiosity. Whatever it is they see, they see me. And then they're yeah. surprised when I can see them back. Yeah. So, but going back to when I was eight, I was saying the dark figure thing happened when I was nine. I was in Oregon, saw the angel. We ended up moving. And at this other house, all kinds of stuff was going on. Um, ghosts and, you know, just different things. Everybody was seeing stuff. And, um, of course I've, you know, been through a few more years of this thing, these things. And 
it's easier to talk about because now my mom is telling stories and you know, I'm overhearing her talking to her friends about the stuff she's experiencing and seeing but that particular house is when, again, I met the, the little grays for the first time and I was eight. I had a friend over and she had a complete and utter, I don't know, freak out right. and her parents had to come and get her. So it was probably wow. nine o'clock. I'd gone to bed. I got in the bed, you know, I rolled around, got comfortable. And I always take a good look around to make sure I'm alone. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. This time I wasn't. <laughs> right. Oh, boy. There were all these people standing around my bed, probably 15. I mean, oh, wow. there were two rows of, of grays. There were the little ones in the front and the taller ones in the back. So the, you know, three, four foot tall ones. And then yeah. the five, so foot tall ones surrounding the bed, you know, like on all three sides towards the end. And, um, I was just being love bombed and told, you know, how proud of, you know, me they are. And, particularly so proud of me for making it here and i thought yeah. no that's really weird because yeah, that... i get here the same as everybody else yeah but they did they gave me all these instructions on how to live my life and uh, he told me to protect my biology so don't drink don't do drugs don't do this don't do that you know don't you know all the things right just like my mama did <laughs> right and, you know, but um but yeah that's that's the first time i saw them and i wasn't scared i wasn't shocked um it was different but i was i was i have i was receiving all of this positive um feedback and praise so i was all about it i'm like okay thanks <laughs> good to know i'm doing great you know yeah yeah but, um that that was uh that was really something and it I could see it like they're standing right here in the room and it's something you never can forget, you know, these things. But, um, that particular house, a lot went on there. Um, I, it was uh, built in like 1803 or something like that. So we had these crank out windows that would open. I always had to have this one window in my room open. So this giant owl can come and sit in the windowsill. And the way the back of the house was, it was on a hill. So it was quite high off the ground. And I thought it would sit up there because it could see everything below and swoop down and get its dinner really easy. But we have a roof too. So why would it need my windows? Well, years later, (laughs) when uh, communion comes out, my mom's on the coffee table. I walk in and take a look at that picture and I hit the floor. I blacked out. I saw that face and lost consciousness. I was like, she heard me, of course. She comes running. I'm like, what is that? <laughs> right. She grabs the book and she says, do not read this. It's too close to home. And, of course, that's the yeah. first thing I did. And there's so many things. Oh, my God. You know, so many things in that book. Right. Yeah. All I can say is me too. The owls. Yeah. yeah. The owls are very significant. Yeah. That owl needed me to keep that window open. So. Wow. But he was looking out. He wasn't looking in at you. He was just kind of... Well, you know how owls are. They can look any way they want. They look like yeah. he turned his head all the way around. All the way around. I don't know which way yeah. the feet were going. Wow. That's amazing. It's all about the eyes. And this yeah. is like the second house or third house, right? This is yeah, somewhere... Yeah. He lived a lot. Right. And, um, you know, my mom, she was a, a um, furniture mover. Okay. So, like, every time we go somewhere and we Except get everything to sew... Within six weeks, she'd be rearranging. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I think for her, especially the beds, if you move the beds, they won't know where you are. It doesn't work. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You're like, no, they know. Good try, mom. 
So anyway, moving forward, when I was 15, there was my first experience on an actual ship that I'm aware of. And this did happen in a dream state or an astral state. However, the entire chain of events started um, a couple of days prior when I was, again, just going to bed. I was in my room, lights are out, you know, and I'm wide awake. And I see through my eyelids, the light come on. And so I open my eyes and it's, it, I've got a sliding glass door here and a bedroom door there and a window over there. And the light's coming from the window. And I'm thinking, there's no cars there. That's my neighbor's backyard. I've never had their light come in my window before. Sure enough, I open my eyes and there's this huge glowing orb of like white gold light. Same thing. It's always that white gold light. Yeah. It just coming in the room, like, you know, just floating <laughs> right through. And when Man. it came closer to me, it was probably, you know, like I'm sitting in the bed. So it's like at the end of the bed. So it's six feet away at face level. It slows way down when it passes in front of me. And then it goes out through the sliding glass door. And the whole time, just like with the angel, I'm thinking, I'm here. Who are you? What are you? What do I need to know? That's my biggest thing is what do I, what does this mean? You know, what, what do you need me to know? Nothing. I got absolutely nothing from it. But then just as I was sort of finishing that conversation in my head, trying to, you know, I don't know, stabilize, I guess, after the thing. Yeah. I look and my entire ceiling of my room is not there. What is there is the face of a huge white wolf. Like it oh. just puts its face right through the oh. ceiling of my bedroom and it's breathing and it's, it's irises are moving. It's fur is moving. It's looking at me and then it's gone. And I'm just like, you know, one, <laughs> two, punch, you know? And oh. so, yeah, that's it, different. It was staggering. Oh, it was and I, I felt very magical and special. I'm like, when do I get the unicorn? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But what happened after that was at some point I had heard the phone ring and I tried to get up to go answer it. This, you know, and I, I went down the hall and I was really unstable. It's like I wasn't connected. My consciousness was moving, but my body wasn't working. I was right. falling and hitting the walls. And I turned around and went back to my room and I fell backwards on the bed. And I heard and felt a reverse swish in my head and I heard a pop. Ooh. And the next thing I know, I'm up in the corner looking down at myself lying on the bed. And my very first thought is I'm not supposed to be up here. I'm supposed to be down there. And then I was. And then I'm thinking, ah, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and I blew it. <laughs> That, that was an out-of-body experience. And then after that is when I had this, um, like I said, sort of astral dream where I was running through the woods with these wolves and the white one was there. And then there was this, the black one and the red one. The red and black one were like jostling each other. They were brothers and this was their sister. And we went through the woods. There's this big white thing. And there was kind of an, uh, an archway that we could go into the white thing. And I, running through the woods, was thinking, I don't want to go in there because it was like alabaster. It was so perfectly white. I thought, I'm, I'm dirty. I can't, I can't even step in there. I've just run through the woods. And she's like, don't, don't worry, just come in. When I passed through the threshold of that ship, everything impure just fell away from me. And I experienced that. So when we went through the door, she and I went to the right, the two went to the left, and they weren't wolves anymore by now I'm realizing they're people. And we went around, and at the other end was this old man sitting there, and he had this, all this hair and this long white beard and the whole thing. And 
I remember looking at him and then realizing I probably should be more reverent and not. And so I didn't. And we sat down and they wanted me to look over the rail. When we sat there, the bench and the, the seat went all the way around the entire circle. And there was like a rail. So when I sat down and I knew I was supposed to look over, I looked over the rail and we were in outer space and the earth was this tiny little dot way off oh, in the distance. And wow. I didn't even know we'd moved. Oh, wow. um, so my first thought is, well, how, you know, <laughs> that, I, I didn't know what to think. I was just thinking that's where I'm supposed to be. And I'm up here, just like the out-of-body experience, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. up here, I'm supposed to be down there. <laughs> right. So we zoom all the way down to this planet, but it's not earth. It's not this earth. It's the new earth. And there are no people on it, but there's buildings and cities and all the things the world has, the animals, everything is there. And it's just pristine. Right. And they took me around the entire planet and showed me everything. And they said, we want, they wanted to know, how do you feel about this? How does this make you feel? That was the, the quest. And I said, I want to be here now, but don't let those people that did what they did to that planet yeah. here and do this to that, to this planet. I said, but I'll, I'll come anytime, you know, whenever it's time, I definitely will do that. And, um, and that's the impression that I got essentially that this was a spare and a just in case and worst case scenario, certain people will have access to that place. But nice. I mean, that's all. And so for 20, 25 years, you know, I, I wondered who they were. And it was just a couple of years ago after a whole series of events in 2020 that I, I figured out, like, I, I need to know and started asking questions and digging around and doing some research. And the only, you know, world builders I know of that have a father, God, and two sons and a sister is Anu and Lil Enki and their sister that through the stories, you know, seeded this planet. Right. So yeah. That that made sense, and so I kind of landed on that until I learned further. So it's like the Anunnaki, right? Uh, Precisely. Yeah. yeah. But but then then of course my biggest question is, well, who am I that you need my opinion on this? Right. Who am what role? I that you bring me out here to show me this. That's right. that's what I'm trying to find out. Yeah. So. Are you getting any closer to an answer as you move on? <laughs> so i've never had you know past life regressions or anything and from other experiences that i've had um i'm 99.9 percent .9 positive i've never been here before and uh the only reason i'm here now is because this was my only chance to have the ultimate human experience because when i was 28 i walked out and i didn't want to come back there was no trauma nothing happened I was defending myself from an entity that was in the house and I had been asleep, but then I became aware something was in the house. So I, you know, I, I got up to kind of look in the room and it was coming in the room at me. And when I sat up, it backed out and this happened repeatedly. So I was sitting up out of my body several times. I didn't know I was sitting up out of my body. I thought I was sitting up, but that's not the case. When I finally, it came at me because every time I'd lay down and I would try to wake up, like try to move my body, it would come at me because that's when I would connect. And then the fear and the, the, the need to defend myself would hit. When I'd sit up, I was all soul and it was afraid of me. And that's when I was completely confident and in control of the situation. So the last time I really tried to connect, I, it, kept, it got too close and I jumped out entirely, went full form out of my body. I was as, as big as the ceiling. My head was way oh, up by the wow. ceiling. 
I expanded probably three times my normal size. My wow. hands were huge. I could not see myself. I was invisible to myself. And uh, I went after it. And the first thing I said was, I am. I just announced it. It was really strong mm. into the space. But it didn't come out of my mouth like our voices do. Right. It came from everywhere in. If that if that's something you can wow. imagine. Oh, yeah. I spoke. Right. It was like the universe spoke and they came to the place where I was. And that's how I was talking to this thing and telling it, you know, if you're not of the light or you don't want to be, you can choose again. You know, it's up to you, but you could choose the light or go. And it was I was chasing it around the, the house, but I ended up <laughs> at the front door. <laughs> yeah. And I could see it because it was like just heat waves. That's what it looked like when it went clear. Right. My hands were really big, so I struggled to unlock the door and turn the knob because it was so little. I couldn't get the little latch. So I finally got the door unlocked and I opened it and it zoomed out and I closed the door. And then when I went back to my body, I, I just said, wait a minute, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What happened? <laughs> and this was, this was amazing because I did all the things. I had the 360 degree view. I saw the, the, uh, the colors that you can't describe. It's like lifeblood pulsing through everything. Right. So you can see this in an individual leaf and you can see it as a tree as a whole you can see it in a bug you can see it everywhere and it was beautiful so i left the building i saw a whole bunch of things i i said i you know what's it like to be an eagle so i next thing i know i'm looking through the eyes of a bird flying over the city i was in vancouver um canada so the you know, the the bay everything was just absolutely phenomenal and uh, I, I mean i could see i could hear a footstep of a bug on a, on a branch in a tree you know, it was just anything wow. my desire or thought landed on, it was instantaneous experience. So reality was at the speed of thought and desire. Right. Okay. And that is the way it should be here. Right. And that's possible here. It's it, everybody wants to write a book and teach people how to do it. But, you know, it's. And again, if you want to believe yeah. it, that's the first step. <laughs> but right. I know it. So right. it's easier for me because I know it. Right. Um, yeah. So when I went back to my body eventually and I looked at this thing in the bed and the first thing I said was what an incredible, what a magnificent biological machine. You know, and yeah. I think <laughs> like that yes, right. <laughs> so I was definitely not Angela I was not mm -hmm. male or female I was not human I was what I am when I'm not choosing something yeah that makes any sense yeah. so at any moment I could have chosen something and experienced being that thing so that I was at really the core of what we are in absence of choices right. so if that makes any sense yeah. But, um, you know, there was nobody there. There was no one guiding me. There was no one over my shoulder. It was just me. And I didn't want to come back. And I thought, if I don't go back, where would I want to go? And this is what the interesting thing is with the whole tie back and the whole time is not what you think it is. Because in that moment, I thought I would create the perfect world and I would, I would live there and I would do all of these things. And then, you know, I thought, well, I really shouldn't do that now because if you do something like that, you cannot abandon your creation. Right. And then I thought, well, that's what, God, that's what God is. Yeah. And that's yeah. what we are. 
So we are this whole creation and he would never abandon his creation. And I was literally in that same position thinking that, you know, a new earth, which I saw when I was 15. Right. Right. Ties back. Did the thing I said at 28 create the experience I had at 15? Yeah. Right. Did these people on this ship come to show me the new earth that I created that hasn't been populated yet because I'm not there? Right. Isn't that insane? That's yeah. Yeah. That's the whole time. Makes perfect sense. So. Yeah. Maybe yeah, that's where I'll go next. <laughs> right, <laughs> so it's almost interdimensional. You know, there's, yeah. you know, the interdimensional. Like a, we were talking, we were talking earlier about the CIA. I mean, you might naturally have this ability, but yeah. the CIA developed us allegedly developed allegedly. a system where people could go and create their own out of body experience, and um, actually go into different dimensions and see these these different things you know but i think um, a whole bucket load of experiences that i've had i've either been pulled into something like that or have been used to test and create these types of spaces because that would make sense to me yeah it's um it was pretty scary and how easy it would be to to do that you seem to have a natural ability to it. You're just, it just comes naturally to you. I'm pretty sure everybody can do it, but yeah. some people can do it easier than others. Well, yeah, it's just part of your, you know. Well, your... it's the human contraption that right. puts all the possibility away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it really is. But um, I have uh, these dream missions, so I I know very distinctly the difference between a typical dream where it's just nonsense and it's happening and there's no investment whatsoever. Right. And a lot of times I will find a trigger. Well, someone will say, where do you want to go? And I'll be like, go out of this dream. And I will literally jump out of the yeah. dream into the astral and go visit targets, predetermined people that have agreed to let me visit them if I'm able to get to that point so that they can experience me arriving and being there, proving it happened, you know, just proving these things. I've been testing it for a while now and it's been pretty interesting, the results, but um that's funny you should say that because when I first watched the first interview on you and saw and Doug had mentioned that we're going to be doing this, I'm like she looks really familiar. So maybe at some point, yeah, <laughs> I've seen you before. <laughs> I'm like she looks really familiar. I don't know from where, but yeah, it is. It's yeah, evidently I'm, I have a tendency to be a little naughty while I'm out there. So. Oh wow! <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, you turn that's into that per- turn you know. into that's a whole different story. <laughs> different, different podcast. I have I have both visited people in their space and and validated that I was there and been able to pull people out into astral where I am and shared an experience there. Nice. And that is incredible because you have the energy of both consciousnesses not tethered by the human body. Right. So when yeah. you intentionally want to, you know, be, be with someone or experience someone without their per- their body in that space, the the frequencies are just, you know, staggering. So do you yeah, do you warn them? Do you warn them before you're going to do it? <laughs> Probably like not. a text or something. <laughs> yeah, no, text. in that case, it was tonight. successful because yeah. he was anticipating the call. <laughs> 
And it was very interesting how I managed to, to get out of the dream and into that space because I actually used the dream space to create the space. And that's the first time that happened. Oh, wow. Because in the dream, I was in a house thinking, oh, I've got to go find so-and-so. So I thought, he's asleep in the bed. I'm going to go up to the bedroom in this house and expect him to be there, you know? And he was. And it, so it was just by the, the intention of creating the space and expecting that person to arrive, we were there and and it was amazing and then of course the dream all shattered that and it was just our energies out in whatever yeah right Either, uh, it was amazing or, yeah. yeah and the other person experienced that too oh yeah and they, <laughs> so they what was their read on that on the experience out of it, it was i mean just use your imagination just yeah. absolutely just fireworks if, i mean love and the energy if you've ever seen okay, i always think about that movie cocoon Oh. She takes off her body and she does that energy melt. Oh, right. yeah. Right. You know what I mean? I, it's kind of probably along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, that fun. was their way of having fun. <laughs> like I said. You remember that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've experienced the out of body one time. I was younger. And Woosh and the Pop were definitely that. And it freaked me out so much. I went right back. And I'm like, oh, I want to do that again. And then I'm like, yeah, no, I don't. It unless you freak me out. Unless you embrace it, I guess. You right. Know, if you don't, if, if you react, then oh, I guess I don't deserve to be able to do that's this. That's exactly right. Yeah, that that's too bad. drops the frequency, and yeah. that's what completely separates you from the experience. It happened just the other night. I was, I was just going to sleep, and I was doing a little energy work, just thinking about some things. And I was there in that space. I felt someone put their hand on my my lower leg, like a you know on my shin. Right. Just a very gentle warm hand on my leg and I didn't startle I didn't you know I'm always expecting something and I don't want to scare it away whatever it is right and I just said I opened my eyes I said hello hello and I looked around <laughs> and there was nothing there I got nothing back but the hello and I'm like I'm I'm inviting communication I'm inviting you know some connection with whatever that was it was definitely not anything negative and then that was it it was just a gentle you know Letting it know, I, um, a reassurance. It was just a reassurance yeah. that the work I was just doing, the space I was just in, is where I need to be. And good girl, that's right. You know what I mean? Type right. of thing. Right. You know. So. Nice. Yeah. That's incredible. So if you I mean, relax and you're welcoming it in, rather than freaking out, it's like startle. Do it. This yeah. is this. You know, the experience will go away. Yeah. Well, that's on the flip side of that. Yeah. <laughs> There's also been times where I'm laying in the bed and I'm dead asleep and I've gotten to the habit where I have my sheet or my blanket in a, in a fist right here. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Can't tell you how many times it's been pulled off. Right. <laughs> I'll just pull. it, this time I was laying there, it pulled so hard, my arm shot out oh, and whoa. I pulled back. And as I'm looking, watching this happen, I'm seeing the whole sheet sticking straight out into the room. Oh, what, what did I? And then right. it let go and it fell down. Oh, and I was geez. just like, what on earth? I mean, these things are happening in real time, wide awake, physical right. objects, the whole thing. And, you know, I mean, I've experienced, you know, you name it, I can tell you a story about it. Just pick any topic. I mean, right. it's really like that. So is that someone coming to visit you instead of you going to them and pulling your sheet out? <laughs> it's like coming to visit me. Yeah. You don't know what was on the other end of that though. I don't. That was just that's crazy. So, but I have I have seen things where um, one of one that still 
rattles around without an answer is a few years ago it was this room I was it was Saturday morning 11 o'clock great bright daylight my mom was here at the time my husband at the time was here I've got his three kids my three kids a dog I mean everybody's in the house I'm having a killer migraine take me to the hospital that bad wow. so I'm just laying there dying and I can hear everything going on in the house the door is right by my head it's next to the bed right here the dog's behind me and he's a big 110 pound Rhodesian Ridgeback, great big thing, right? So he's there and I feel the end of the bed go down like someone just sat on the bed or something, and I, but nobody came in the room. So I'm registering, this has to be um, a spirit what that needs it? help or something, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So I reach out whenever this happens, whether I'm in a dream state or just between or already awake, it can happen anytime. I physically hold them. I can touch them and hold them. So I, I reach out and I slap a leg and I land on the leg and the leg is hairy. And I'm like, that is definitely uh, not my husband. Not... And so I'm feeling this hairy leg. And then I, of course, I don't recognize who the person is. I reach out with the other hand and he's like, I guess, kneeling. So he has his hands on his knees. I grabbed the wrist. And when I did that, I started to pull and the dog had gotten up by now and he pawed at the guy's arm and landed on the arm. I felt the dog's claws on my hand. Now, I've got a migraine, and then my eyes are closed this whole time because if I open my eyes, it's game over. So, I mean, I would just be sick. So, oh, I, the dog touches him. We feel it. I mean, the, our hand and arm go down from the weight of his paw. Right. He, jumps, he yelps and jumps out of the bed. I pull the guy down next to me. So, now I've, I've yanked him down here. We're face-to-face. -face. His head's on the pillow right in front of me. I grab his head because that's one thing I always do is I hold people like this. I grab his head and I feel the military haircut. And then I'm close. So now my gears are turning. Well, who could this be? Now I had lost my brother prior to this and I, he was in the military. And I thought he finally yeah. made it through to tell me he's okay. This is him. So I, do, I just kind of brace myself. I open my eyes and it's not him. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. It's, I have pictures of, I went on the internet and of course obsessed trying to find a face so I can say this is what it looked like right <laughs> we yeah. did if you google the most beautiful or the most average face you'll get a male um representation it's like a digital picture right but it's that face and um he just looked as surprised to see me as i was to see him he, <laughs> yeah oh really like, you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing here yeah whatever mission he was on he made his he made his target I confirmed and validated the contact right, right. Uh, yes but I, I think that, that was a, a test um, by location possibly you know some kind of military like you said CIA studies. remote view yeah I could be could one be. of their you know their touch points for people to reach right. I don't know it'd be interesting to find out but that was completely insane Wow. And I knew that the moment I let go of him, he It'd would disappear. Gone. He did. Because yeah. now my eyes are open and I'm looking at him and we're having this moment. And I've got seconds before I'm going to be sick right there. Right. So I have to let go. I jump up. And so as soon as I let go, open my hands. He's gone like he was never even there. Wow. Blinked out. Um, and of course, my 110-pound Rhodesian Ridgeback, who's supposed to be protecting me. <laughs> <laughs> Say, hey, buddy, what you doing? Yeah, I'm in the corner by the door. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that happened. That's a great that, story. That was real. And, um, and I still don't really have an answer, but I'm comfortable with the idea that if I can do it, other people can too. And whoever it was, 
um, yeah. unbeknownst to me, made their landing. So. Yeah. You said that was a couple of years back? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a thing. Well, it used, I think it's probably still a thing in yeah. the CIA area where they, it's something about harm, I think it's harm, uh, harmonizing both sides of the brain because each side of your brain does some different things. Right. So and it I wonder in. if their attempt to target me is what caused the migraine in the first place. It, it, if I was mm-hmm. already receiving yeah, that energy. Wouldn't, right. Wouldn't surprise you. I would be yeah. with intent. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't recommend doing it on purpose with the CIA, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I was having a migraine and my, my, my guardian boyfriend popped in to see if I was okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you take aspirin? <laughs> was, it, was it Thor? Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, you want to talk about Thor? <laughs> <laughs> I read the Thor story. Was he the red Thor? <laughs> He's on a ship in Orion. I was there. Yeah. That's nice. That is awesome. But, um, yeah, no, I had taken, uh, I, I take naproxen, that really works on the migraines, if I get it early enough. But uh, my ex would yeah. put all kinds of things in whatever bottle to travel. So he had put ibuprofen in the naproxen bottle. Right. And I took that instead, and it didn't work. Yeah. So I was in deep. It was bad. Yeah, yeah. I've taken that. It works. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You guys know all the stories, so I'm just going to go around to like what just happened. <laughs> you know, this yeah. weekend, I'm still processing because I'm, I'm just going to say it like it happened, and then what I've come to think maybe it could be. Okay. And y'all can dissect it, and maybe people yeah. can chime in and leave notes and yeah. contact me because I'd love to have that conversation if you know sure. anything I'm talking about. But um, so Friday night, I guess early Saturday morning, I was having a dream mission. When I call it a mission, I'm an astral. It's not a dream. And often I am dealing with negative entities and things. And this particular case, there were some children. I was taking this entity off of these kids. And once I got him off, he was just right in my face, just eyeball to eyeball. And I was wakened abruptly. And it's really harsh when you're in a situation where you're not just dreaming, but you're engaged spiritually somewhere and you're slammed back into your body too fast, things happen. So my daughter knocks on the door and wakes me up abruptly. I'm just eyeball to eyeball with this demon. And and then I have to get up and go do what she needed me to do. And I'm walking through the house and she's in the kitchen getting ready for work. She looks at me, she goes, are you okay? She's (laughs) like, I mean, she's like, and I'm like, no. I said, I'm not entirely here. You know, I was just like, again, like when I had the out-of-body experience and I was falling in the hallway. Right. It's like my body was walking through the house, but my consciousness was just tagging along back there somewhere. Right. I I hadn't connected at all. Um, She woke the body up and the body responded, but the rest of me was just floating around and I I wasn't wasn't working together as a team yet. (laughs) Right. I... focused and I did the thing I needed to do and she left and I came back in the house and well now I'm up so you know I I did a couple dishes I ate some breakfast I did something with the laundry and I went out on the back porch and I put my feet in the grass and I was sitting on the edge of the deck with my feet in the grass and I was starting to get a migraine and I we had taken out a pool so there's this big area where I've thrown all these wildflowers, you know, seeds. So it's all growing up crazy and it's really pretty. But this giant blade of grass was like sticking up 
right in my face and I'm getting this migraine and I thought, what the heck? So I let the grass sit on my forehead. <laughs> These are the things I try. You, know? <laughs> you never know until you try it. That's right. I'm completing the circuit. I'm like, come on, <laughs> fix this. And, yeah. um, and I thought, okay, this is weird. After a couple of minutes, I went in the house and something was on my phone. So I checked my phone and it's two o'clock. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a lot of time. That's a time a dilation. Lot of time. Oh, so I'm going to give it a grace period of saying from 10 to 1.30 is gone. Oh, wow. That was Saturday. And then I was like, this, there's, oh, I was really searching for the spaces between those four little things I did. I ate, I did dishes, I checked the laundry, I went outside. There's nothing in between those things, nothing. And, you know, the migraine is just blooming. So I go take a pill. I come in the room, I get everything dark, I lay down. My daughter rings the phone and she's at school and something's happened and she's coming home and she's hurt and she's, no. um, you know, she's stubbed her toe or something. And so again, I'm abruptly brought back. And then when that happens in the middle of a migraine and you're just wishing you'd be, you know, unconscious or dead or something and you're jolted back, the migraine just bang, it just comes back tenfold. And then I was sick. So she's coming through the door. I'm getting up to be sick. I'm sorry, I'm sick. She goes, ah, so she runs away. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, it's five o'clock. So I missed wow. three more hours. I thought oh, I had wow. 15 minutes. It had been three hours. That's incredible. And I hadn't eaten all day, but it just, I was dry heaving so hard. I'm sorry for the details, guys. Every time <laughs> I was sick, the electricity in the whole house went out. Oh, oh. Just, I, I didn't know because I'm in the dark. I didn't have wow. anything on here. But I I was I got in the shower real quick just to, you know, wake myself up and then I saw my curling iron was on. I'm like, that's weird because I hadn't used it. So I it has a twist. I twisted it off and put it down and I felt it wasn't hot, so it had just turned on and I'm like, I didn't just do that. So by the time I got settled, my daughter comes back in to show me what happened and she said, Mommy, she goes, um, Every time you were sick, the electricity in the whole house went out. <laughs> Can you stop being sick? No. I was like, really? <laughs> like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I also had noticed in between all of that that the curling iron wasn't even plugged in. So however it had gotten turned on and gotten hot, it wasn't oh. plugged in. Oh, wow. But then I'm sitting here trying to, to decide what does that mean, you know, when I got sick and the electricity went out, that I was pulling that much power. Yeah. Um. But that's not a coincidence. There was no storm. There was nothing going on here. Right. Our electricity doesn't glitch like that. I mean, out. No. I think here's what I think happened. And this is, you know, thanks to some people that gave me some suggestions of possibilities, because a lot of people are talking about time slips right now. You uh, hear yeah. changing timelines all the time. But what does that mean? Right. I think I experienced a time slip from within the time slip, whereas most people would not even know that it would that it even happened. Right. Here's my philosophy on this situation, and I'm, I'm open to all conversation on this. What if when I took the demon off those children, I changed the timeline, but I wasn't able to finish what I was supposed to do with it because I was woken up abruptly. Okay. So I'm still in that astral space with this energy and I have to come back. I think I brought it with me mm -hmm. and yeah. I contained it and then I coughed it up. And when I coughed like a physical medium, when I coughed it up and ejected it after being in that pain all day from the migraine, it changed. That, 
the electricity went out because I was dealing with that energy yeah. out. It's a possibility. And after yeah. all that happened, you know, I was still had the migraine and everything. I laid down and a few weeks ago, um, I had what I would consider not a miraculous healing, but an intentional healing on myself. And, and I've done it on other people, but very rarely does the seer see themselves. You know, the, the psychic can't read themselves. Right. I said, okay. I had a conversation with the universe. I called everybody I know into this room and I said, this is what's going to happen. And I said, I've been places, I've seen things, I know how this works. And I said, we're going to do it right now. And I basically walked the talk and I said, if all of everything is possible, then the entire whole of creation can just turn its eyes over here for one second. It, it would be nothing for all of creation just to notice me, this little thing over here real quick, having this issue and let's just deal with it. Right. Yeah. Go away, fix this. Migraine was done. Wow. Now, in the meantime, I had checked my phone. Somebody was texting me, and it's uh, someone that I've recently met that we're doing amazing energy work with. He was, I was supposed to meet him the next day, like on Sunday. So when that whole Saturday day thing happened, I thought, oh, I'm under attack because they don't want me to find this person. They don't want me to, you know, do this work I'm going to do. And I don't, I don't know. I think it was more about what I was dealing with like I just told it but right. that's first thought is oh my god I'm being attacked so I don't you know right whatever but he does Reiki and he's like okay get off the phone I'm gonna send you Reiki don't do the headache thing and while he was doing that I was having a conversation with creation I my hand went up in the air and I was like a catcher's mitt towards where his location is to catch that Reiki <laughs> oh right you know, wow I had a crystal in my other hand I'm talking to God <laughs> <laughs> and within 30 seconds, like I said, the pain just left me. And I, was, wow. I felt better than I normally do. So I know it was a healing. It wasn't just that my headache had expired, you know? Right. It was, I was healed. And in that, and what was really moving about all of that is because of other experiences I've had being told certain things that I have access to, I said, I'm going to access that tremendous weapon of love. And I yeah. just started crying. And I, cause I said, I, I don't have the tremendous weapon of love. I am the tremendous weapon of love and right. I just lost it. But when yeah. I said that I am the tremendous weapon of love, that is what healed me. Wow. And it was, I have goosebumps all over right now. Wow. That's incredible. It was, We're gonna need it a part was two. so amazing. Part two. <laughs> hey, we're going to have to wrap it up. Okay. Thank well, you, there you Liz. are. <laughs> Awesome. So uh, thanks for listening to the latest episode of the Alien Probe Podcast. We welcome comments, questions, or requests to alienprobepodcast at gmail.com. Visit us on Facebook. Check out our website at alienprobe.net, Twitter and Instagram at alienprobepod. Like and subscribe on YouTube. Thanks, Angela Stats. That was phenomenal. Amazing. Wow. <laughs> I appreciate you coming on. Love to do a part two sometime. Yeah. You know, I we don't it. talk to you in the astral plane. We didn't even get into <laughs> the pictures and all that. Well, you're the yeah. first to have the breaking news of what just happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good place to stop. That should be the head. All right. Breaking news. Yep. All right. I am the tremendous weapon of love. You're right. The, the tremendous <laughs> weapon of love. That's right. We're, we're feeling it. That's right. Awesome. All right. We're going to wrap it up.